Welcome to Perspectives on City Management, brought to you by the Texas City Management Association, or TCMA. I'm your host, TCMA Social Media Coordinator, Stacy Ford Osborne. Perspectives is a podcast about the people who work hard every day to keep Texas cities running smoothly. Each episode, we visit with city managers and other municipal public servants to discuss the business of local government and the people who make it work. Any career has its ups and downs, but a career in city management comes with a particular set of challenges, and those can be especially draining and they can take a toll on a person's mental health. In the last few years, the TCMA Board of Directors has made mental wellness a priority for our members with several programs, including a new partnership with Deer Oaks EAP Services. Today, we're excited to be talking about how TCMA is helping our members with mental wellness. We're going to be speaking with AC Gonzalez, who is a TCMA Life member and senior advisor, Cliff Kihili, who's the city manager of the city of Mesquite, and Greg Smith, a TCMA Life member. Welcome to all three of you. Well, before we start talking about mental wellness, let's talk a little bit about yourselves. Um, AC, let's start with you. Give us a little bit of your background and tell us how you came to be a TCMA Life member. Well, uh, you get to be a Life member by being a city manager for a good long while. And uh, uh, for me, that profession that I got into came by almost accident. I was a pre-med student at uh, UT Austin when... uh, when uh, my life took a dramatic turn when I was notified that I was going to be drafted into the Vietnam War. And uh, without getting into all the details, the the I ended up graduating from UT Austin, getting commissioned as an officer. and uh, But then the war ended. Um, and during that diversion, I got interested in ecology and, and what role cities have on the environment. Um, and one thing led to another, uh, such that I ended up being the city manager of a small city at age 23 uh, as an intern for my master's program in urban studies. Um, after managing uh, three more cities, including the city of Dallas, afterwards and running Austin ISD, I I, and spending some time in the private sector, I've, I've, I've accumulated a number of battle scars from a variety of experiences. So that's where I guess I get qualified for being a life member. So your first t- for, so your first city management job was an internship, technically. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that's very interesting. That's a, that's a good way to get into the profession. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the only reason I got the job is. Because my internship was paid for, and so I basically made the pitch to the mayor and council that they couldn't get anybody less expensive than me because I was going to be for free. <laughs> well, that is one way to do it, AC. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's a really good way to to enter the profession. <laughs> um, Cliff, you are still a city manager, the city manager of Mesquite. So tell us um, about how you got into the into the profession and how long you've been in the city of Mesquite. Well, I've been with the city for almost 27 years, and I've been city manager for almost seven. Uh, in fact, uh, I guess tomorrow is the anniversary, seventh anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, I, I started out um, wanting to go into law and uh, quickly realized that that was not the path. And fortunately, I had parents who were involved in public service. Uh, my mom worked for the state of Texas for a number of years, and my dad was actually uh, with the city of Dallas and uh, had worked with AC at one point. And um, while he probably would have steered me away from it, uh, I ended up uh, going to graduate school. And just like AC, I got an internship uh, with the city of Mesquite and uh, have never have never left. And so I've had a variety of roles uh, in different departments and different uh, projects and uh, now the city manager and uh, hope to be here for a little bit longer. I'm sure you will be. It's really nice when you have a city manager who has been in the city and who, you know, who grew up there and who, who knows everything about it. It makes your life a lot easier and sometimes a lot harder, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> depending yeah. on the situation. Greg, you are also a TCMA Life member. So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got involved in the profession and how long you have been in it. Yeah, so I retired after nearly 25 years of service. Uh, All I've done in municipal government is be the city manager. So I did not come up through the ranks like Cliff did and several other great city managers that worked through 
and up through the ranks of a municipality. Uh, I did about 12 years uh, in East Texas and another 12 years down in the Houston area, and then finally retired from the city of Denison up north of Dallas. Uh, how I got started was kind of an interesting uh, story. I had just finished my MBA and I was working uh, in sports medicine and one of my colleagues was serving on the city council of a small city in East Texas. So I, uh, he inquired about would I be interested in being the city manager? And I'm like, sure, I'll apply for any job. And so uh, needless to say, they hired me in 25, nearly 25 years later, uh, I retired from the profession. Well, that is a way to do it. Get them, get them young. <laughs> they got you young. <laughs> That's great. Well, good. Well, the profession is very happy to have you, Greg, and we're very happy to have you on Perspectives today. So thank you. Thank you for your time and, and your service. So let's talk about <clears throat> mental wellness, which is the topic of today's conversation. Uh, we know that it's important, but before we start talking about uh, why it's important and what TCMA is doing to help our members, let's talk about what being mentally well means or mentally healthy. Well, I guess maybe just jumping out there, the in thinking much more about mental wellness here in the last few months, um, I, I have this description, which I'm not sure if it is anything other than some adjectives that I would hope that I and my family could be uh, approaching life, but it's it's really trying to be in a state of mind where as we address the various challenges that we all have in life, that we can do it in a positive, productive, thoughtful, smart, creative, balanced, informed, caring, happy, and fun way. And those are a lot of adjectives that I think speak to where we would like to be. And uh, as we're going through life and, and, and dealing with challenges, and if we're not on those, if we're not being that way, then we need to find out how we can, what's the reasons for that and, and how we could get there. I think that's a good definition. I'm, and, and to be mentally well, you need to, uh, what, what are some of the things that you need to do in order to achieve that, do you think? Well, I think what I've been experiencing now through both life and finding out more from, an you know, getting educated on it is, is finding out what's under what's at, at the at your core in terms of your your feelings about how you view life, your expectations for yourself, how those got to be that way, and to really have a very um, very candid look at how you think about things. And oftentimes we're just off balance and not really thinking in a way that helps us. Um, and what I've experienced is that we often don't get to that understanding unless we have some help in getting us to that understanding, much like I wouldn't be able to, or any of us would much uh, be able to assess how our body functions, our organs, and all the parts of our bodies, unless we had some medical help to help us understand through the chemistry or whatever, um, what's really going on. So AC, you, it sounds like, um, it sounds like you're saying that mental, mental health and mental wellness requires, um, some introspection and some, some looking at yourself and, and knowing who you are and, and where you're coming from. Does that sound fair? It does. So Greg, you, you said you have some, uh, sports medicine background. And so you talked about the health of the body. Um, what, what, what do you think about the health of our minds and how important that is, especially in this profession? Well, I think one of the biggest things you have to do is self-reflect on it. Things come at us every single day, and a lot of them are negative stressors that we don't have any control over. If you do not look at yourself and evaluate every day and handle those stressors as they come up, instead of just compartmentalizing and saying, okay, today was a bad day, tomorrow will be better. Next thing you know, you have seven bad days, 10 bad days, and now all of a sudden your entire demeanor has changed. And so I think you have to learn how to deal with those stressors and also how to end that stress 
and not carried over to the rest of your day or to your home life or your home life to your work life and all of that. I mean, with what's going on in America today with natural disasters and everything that's happening in Florida and the East Coast, there's many of us that have family or friends or loved ones that their life just got destroyed. And that mm -hmm. puts stress on us, even though we're in Texas, because we have loved ones that we're trying to take care of. So you've got to be able to manage that and identify it and not compartmentalize it. Right. Because like you said, those seven to 10 bad days, if you take each one and make it like your life, then your your whole life becomes a bad day. So yeah, yes, it's really hard to, it's, it's important to be able to compartmentalize and look at things in perspective, I guess. Perspective is an important part of that, would you say? Yes. And Cliff, you've you've been um, in Mesquite for quite some time, and you've been a city manager for the last seven years, and you've um, had your share of, of of stressors, I'm sure, in your profession. So, um, what what do you think mental mental wellness means, or I should say, what does mental wellness mean to you, and why is it important? Well, I think part of it is you um, have to be aware of the situations that you're in and what causes you to have stressors. I think uh, one of the things we've found in our conversations is you tend to deal with things as a city manager and you have this external toughness. Um, but at times, uh, like Greg said, it's after five or six days of that, it's going to become a challenge. And I think uh, the way I look at it is once you're aware of it, it's also being able to health in a healthy way, deal with it. There are a lot of uh, unhealthy ways to deal with stress and uh, the challenges of the job. And really having good mental wellness is being aware of what triggers issues and uh, the proper ways to address it, whether it's a breathing exercise or talking to somebody, there's many outlets and um, having a variety of ways to deal with anything that can happen. And uh, we all have those bad uh, city council meetings. We have those bad experiences and uh, then uh, the unexpected things that happen in the job. And you just have to uh, be aware that something's going to trigger a negative response. And how do you deal with that is a good, healthy um, mental uh, awareness. Great. So mental mental wellness, there there are good ways and and bad ways to approach it. It sounds like what are what are so we'll talk a lot about some of the good ways and the things that you can do um, in a healthy way to to handle stressors and to handle the the challenges of a job. But what are some unhealthy ways of of handling those things? Well, I think uh, uh, in my observation, I, I see a lot of it through. Uh, public safety. And, uh, but I've seen other uh, city managers, um, the, there is, uh, there are coping mechanisms that are either um, like alcohol abuse or, um, you know, uh, other um, ac actions that are, uh, take a toll on your physical um, well-being. It can be anger issues that um, you have outburst with family or friends and you uh, further isolate yourself. And so uh, th those negative things tend to pile up. And so you think about somebody who uh, decompresses by using, by drinking alcohol. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, having uh, one drink after work doesn't, isn't a big deal, but then all of a sudden it's three or four for you to be able to, to handle the stress that you've been through. So there, there are those things that really can be uh, devastating to your family, to, to yourself and to your physical health as well. So we're going to talk today about some more healthy ways to handle those things. Um, tell us first, since, since you all have been in the city management profession or you are now, tell us about some of the things in this profession, specific to this profession that that cause stress and angst and all of the things that require you to uh, really investigate your mental wellness. Um, what are, what are some of those things? Go ahead and you can just throw them out. I, I know you mentioned city council, Cliff, uh, some, sometimes city council meetings can be, can be harrowing <laughs> for a city manager. How, how, first of all, how so for those, for those who are 
brand new to the profession. Can you explain kind of how, how a city council meeting can be stressing? Oh, uh, I, I think just uh, not knowing um, what the uh, uh, city council is, uh, is, is wanting to do. Um, you always have the um, op op an opportunity for a council member to um, say something that uh, can uh, be detrimental to the organization. And then you can just take personal attacks from the city council or from a citizen that shows up and you're having to make sure that the meeting's going well. You're having to make sure that council's uh, following policy there's a lot of things that go on in a, in a council meeting, uh, but just dealing with council members who have their own agendas and have their own different personalities. And their own, their own um, idea of what, what needs to be accomplished in, in a meeting for sure. Um, AC yeah. and Greg, you guys have both been away from the profession for a while. So you've had some time to, to think about this, I'm sure <laughs> about some of these stressors that are not there in your life right now. So tell us about some of the things you remember from, from being in city management that, that caused stress and angst and, and made you kind of investigate your own well, mental wellness. Well, I'll carry off of what Cliff just said, dealing with city council members. The other part is a lot of city managers think we need to have the answers for every question a council member can ask. And you want to be over-prepared for a meeting and you don't know what rabbit trail a council member may go down or what member of the public may walk in and blindside you with something. And so that that's another part of the city council meetings and dealing with city council that I think a lot of city managers put themselves under is that we need to know everything about every agenda item uh, that the council is going to discuss and managing that and then also keeping your department heads and your executive leadership team as part of the equation. It's a balancing act between the top and the employees. And, and we're stuck in the middle. A lot of times uh, department heads have a request, goes to the city council. We support the department head, but then a council member may get frustrated with the city manager because they have a different opinion and they don't want to spend that money in that particular department. So it's, it's quite the balancing act uh, between dealing with city council and the staff, I think. Yeah. You have to, you have to deal with the people who are, who are basically your, your bosses, the city council, people that, that hire and fire you and decide whether, whether or not you're going to be there. And then the people that you depend on to put those policies into place, um, you need to protect them and make sure that they, they know that you have their back. So uh, that, that is a challenge. How about you, AC? What do you remember from the profession that, that, Made you made you want to focus on mental wellness now that you're yeah, a life well, member. The, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Uh, um, you know, I think we all try to um, do what we can to address these issues of stress. Um, more often than not, I think we find that um, uh, first of all, if we do get some help, we find that some of that stress was self induced. Um, that we, as Greg was just talking about the expectations that are there in terms of having to know everything and whatever, you know, maybe we do really didn't need to know everything. You know, maybe we needed to, you know, kind of lay out some expectations so that everybody would understand that we're not going to have all the answers immediately, that there is uh, a way, a process for getting information out uh, to everybody so that everybody after a time period would be well informed, but some of these things we we create for ourselves in terms of uh, our own self expectations that come from sometimes just not really appreciating what flexibilities there might be there. Um, but we're playing in that role uh, um, three dimensional chess uh, that is going on at many different levels and it's a lot focused in the middle of the chessboard, you're sitting there um, trying to make sense of what is happening and to be moving the organization uh, forward in the context of policies that are changing. And that is a, a stressful, um, that's a st stressful uh, condition. The, the some of the mental health issues that I didn't really fully uh, fully appreciate until leaving that unfortunately was that there's a there's one issue that is involved there as far as stress but there's another issue 
if, if, if you hang on to that stress and keep it with you, it turns into anxiety and anxiousness, which are, is, is very damaging in uh, not only mental health, but also physical health as well. So learning how to understand what those dynamics are and then cope with them better is, is, a, is a real challenge. Sure. I mean, it's it's a very challenging position um, to be in if you're a city manager. You have city council telling you what policies they want to enact, and sometimes those policies don't really mesh with what you feel like you can actually do. You have staff that um, you're expecting to help you enact those policies, and you know you, all the things that come with people who are reporting to you, and you've got to deal with the, the human resources element of that, but also you're managing taxpayer funds. So you've got, you're accountable, not just to shareholders or customers, you're accountable to the public, to the people that live, work and play in your city and who are visiting your city. And then you also have the media. A lot of times city managers are under close media um, scrutiny. Um, and then you have the public themselves. The public um, wants you to be accountable. They're very interested in what's happening with their tax dollars um, and what's happening in their city. And so they're looking to you, the city manager, for answers and for explanations for things that they may not understand. So those are, like you said, three-dimensional chess is a really good way to, exp to explain it because all of these arrows are flung right at the city manager. Um, so we've talked a lot about all the, all the things that can make, make this profession stressful. So what are some of the things that TCMA is doing to help city managers and to help them maintain that, that balance and that wellness and that perspective um, and kind of understand better how to deal with it? Well, I'd like to officially ask Cliff to answer that question. Oh, there we go. Because, <laughs> uh, because he, uh, you know, he and I worked on various aspects of it, but, but he's the official guy that took it uh, through the process. So Cliff... Well, I was going to say AC should answer that question because uh, he, he, uh, he, he really started the conversation. And I think that's the first and foremost, the thing that TCMA has done is had the conversation. Um, it, there is a stigma to uh, mental health and uh, mental wellness. And uh, it's a, one of those topics that we don't talk about. And um, I think it was a, a essential that we just uh, brought it to the forefront and admit that the job is stressful, that there are challenges that have uh, resulted in uh, people leaving the profession early. Um, we've had a suicide amongst one, one of our peers. And so um, making sure that people, when they're having a tough time, know that it's something to expect. And so I'm, I'm really proud of uh, everyone kind of uh, agreeing to the fact that this needed to be a conversation. And then uh, from there, once the conversation started, we looked at ways to um, provide assistance. And so uh, the board adopted the um, Deer Oaks program uh, to provide a um, EAP uh, uh, benefit to city managers. And there was a little bit of concern that we most of us have our own EAP program, but the confidentiality of that and could that uh, somebody in the organization find out that you've sought assistance uh, through an EAP program and could that come back on your career? So uh, Deer Oaks uh, program provides a, a great safe place uh, for city managers to seek those services. And then uh, uh, the other thing is we've made it a requirement for membership in TCMA. And uh, we were uh, had that's where the subcommittee came in and a lot of good uh, programs that are out there and finding what um, other cities are doing. But when you become a member or you renew your membership, now you have to check a box that uh, says every two years you've uh, uh, received a, a mental health training. And it can be from a as simple as a webinar to attending a program at, uh, at the conference. Or, or even uh, speaking with a mental health professional. And we don't ask any details. There's no, uh, it, it, there, there's no checking to see if anybody met those requirements. It's you're, you're self-reporting this. And so, uh, you know, having that requirement and everybody's talking about it and uh, has 
been a, um, how the TCMA is addressing it. And, uh, and I know AC has, uh, has been also pushing for uh, more uh, for our, uh, for our profession. Well, I'll take that as a segue for, for me, uh, Cliff. Uh, Stacy. I, I have been an a, uh, institutional nag. Um, and and uh, uh, it, it's, it's coming from a passion that, that came from, as what Cliff's uh, uh, lightly touched on, one of my good friends and, and a colleague uh, was a person who, who died by suicide. And it was it is known that he died because of this job. And, and it, it just so devastated so many people, including myself, as to what a waste for all the various reasons that, that I felt we, we needed to do something, something uh, meaningful. Um, and, and so what, what I've been pushing um, has been an aspect of it that's been that TCMA has gone further than anybody, any other state organization in the country, period. However, I'm looking for them and others to be doing even more. And, and it comes from the following logic. When you look at the mental health issues, they're, they're out there for the whole of our population, but in the profession as well. 50 to 60% of the folks that are out there do not get the needed help that they need when we know that they need mental health assistance. The two biggest reasons that they don't get that help is because of the issue of stigma and ego. And to me, the, the way that you knock those two out of the equation is by just making a requirement that everybody has an annual a visit with a professional, just like you go to an annual, get an annual physical, just like you get your oil checked on an annual basis for your car, you you fix the maintenance on your buildings, etc. We fire people if they don't get it done on schedule. Just do it. We do it for the neck down. Why don't we do it for the neck up? Just get an annual visit so that you can get have a an a, an expert just to have a check to see if you're handling stuff well. Why is there such a stigma associated with it? You said that stigma and ego are the two biggest things that, that keep a person from, from caring for their own mental health and their own mental wellness. Um, why do you think there is such a stigma associated Be, with it? Because it's real. Th th this is mm -hmm. not paranoia. This is right. real. That people have people's careers have been uh, ruined when this information that they're getting uh, psychological help is whatever and is used by people that want to do them in for whatever their agendas are. It's used as a weapon against those individuals. It's real. Yeah. And, a, and there's, there's a sensibility still in the culture that somehow you admitting that you need some mental brain health is a weakness, something wrong with you. And which is foolish. Which is ironic, right? <laughs> yeah, but 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 exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like as, as if you you had a broken leg and you just kept it broken because <laughs> right. that, that that is precisely the point. It, it's funny to me that that <clears throat> mental just in society in general that that caring for your own mental health is some sort of a seen as some sort of a weakness because it it really is a, I think it's more of a strength than a, than a weakness to show that you you're well aware of who you are and that you have, that you're a, a human being and you're fallible and you have, you have problems and you go to solve those problems. And I think that a city manager, um, that's what city managers do. <laughs> you solve problems. And if, you, if there's a problem in your, in your city, you're going to solve that. So why on earth would you not solve a problem with your own mental health, right? For what city managers are doing, this is almost analogous to a professional athlete suggesting that they shouldn't exercise in order to get stronger, faster, et cetera. Right. We have to be at the very best of our brain and mental capabilities to be handling the three-dimensional chest that we've been talking about. Why don't you check to make sure that you are keeping that muscle 
that organ as fit as it can be. And one of the most important organs in the city management profession is the ability to stay mentally aware and, and mentally on top of things because there's just so much there. Um, Greg, we talked, um, AC was just talking about the reasons why people do not address their own mental health. And we talked about stigma. Um, and he also mentioned ego. Why do you think ego, where do you think ego plays into it? And how is TCMA helping to, to overcome that? Well, I think the ego part is basically what we've been talking about is city managers are supposed to be the people that everybody looks to for answers, looks to for the problem solving. And so if it's viewed that we have a problem and mental wellness can be viewed by the negative people in the world, that that is a weakness, that they can't handle the stress or they can't handle the job. And so the fact that we don't look at it as an organization and we're not willing to individually get the help we need sets ourselves up for failure and people attacking us. And I, I can tell you, I would not use my employment assistance program with the municipalities I work for, for the same reasons that we've already talked about. It's not secret with open records requests and just that whole spectrum spend. I'll have to try to re-say that word. I'll That's be- okay. That's a tough one. <laughs> the whole spectrum of open records requests that we have to deal with, if that shows up on one report, accidental or on purpose, it becomes a public record. As soon as that is published, you can't take it back. And so I think as a profession, we are concerned about the fact that people could find out that we are trying to get help and that's where they don't want to do it. So I'm curious about something we, in society in general, mental wellness has been a hot topic of conversation, especially the last five or six years, especially with athletes coming out and saying, look, I, I need help and I'm not ashamed of that, but they, they're very high profile athletes. I'm thinking about Simone Biles specifically, but several others um, who, who have, who have said, look, this is affecting my ability to perform. And so therefore I need to get help with this and it shouldn't be a stigma thing. It shouldn't be an ego thing. I should be able to do this. And so it's kind of come to the forefront and we're talking about it more. And I'm wondering if some of the younger um, members of, of the profession um, are, are less worried about that, or is it still a stigma and still a problem with, with the younger people who are coming into the profession now, or are they more, more willing and able to talk about the fact that, mental wellness is important. I, I think all the, the things that you described, Stacy, um, are real. It's more out there. You're, there's more publicity. And so it's gotten a little bit uh, more normalized, if you will. Um, and I, I hear maybe Greg and Cliff would have different experiences. More of the younger folks seem to be able to talk about it more. But keep in mind that those younger folks are usually working working for older folk. Right. And they may not be as, you know, <laughs> normalized with the conversation. That still is changing, but I think a lot more is needed. And if you hear what Greg was saying, I mean, it's it's there. I mean, it it's it's there. And so how we get it out in in uh, in a very um, forceful way, if you will, from an organization to help change our cultural thinking about it is a, is a pretty huge lift. And that is a hard thing. That that's um, uh, some of the older generation. Um, my father, my father um, served in Vietnam, and it it affected just that fact of his life affected him his whole life, but we didn't really realize it because he kept it down because he was of the generation that you do not discuss that, you know? So just, uh, and, and that had nothing to do with his, his profession or anything else, but it's just an example of how um, it's a very generational and age specific thing sometimes that, that you just, you were taught, you do not talk about things like that. If you have a mental problem, it's clearly, you're clearly weak. And you clearly don't deserve to be in whatever you're doing, right? So, um, so I, I can see how that could be, could that adds another layer to something that's already a problem is the fact that you've got this 
this thought in your head about what society is going to think of you in addition to the stress that you're carrying around. Um, I, I'd like to talk, just, just backtrack just a little bit to talk about Deer Oaks and and the EAP program that they have um, available for TCMA members. Uh, Cliff, can you tell us, first of all, what does EAP stand for? We talked about it a minute ago, but we haven't really defined it. Sure. It's uh, it's an e- EAP is an employee assistance program, and it okay. uh, has a variety of different services. Um, the, primarily, there are um, access to counselors and uh, counselors, uh, that specialize in all sorts of different um, uh, areas uh, from anger management to, uh, I guess, youth issues and um, uh, substance abuse, all of those types of counseling services. Um, the uh, other services, and the, there, there's probably two dozen of them. That's why I thought uh, uh, Deer Oaks's program was uh, so good for TCMA. But uh, one of the best things they have are uh, online uh, tools. And they have an assessment that you can take to assess um, your mental state. And, uh, pr- and it provides some feedback to say, maybe you should talk to somebody or uh, maybe they're uh, makes you aware of something. Uh, the uh, other thing they have is just the amount of uh, webinars and articles on a variety of topics. And so it, it provides that uh, education uh, component that uh, I think a lot of city managers want to be well more well versed on topics that are affecting themselves and their organization. And I think Deer Oaks, um, what I've when I've gone through their uh, website, I found a lot of really good information that we actually use to uh, push out to our employees. If a TCMA member wants to take advantage of, of this program, what do they need to do and how is it different from what they would do through their own city? Uh, it's, it's exactly the same as uh, you would have if you had your own EAP program in your uh, organization. And it's uh, the access is through the TCMA website. It's uh, it's, it's very clear. And there's a, um, uh, a link and a, um, I believe a code that you have to use. And then uh, in, uh, as we got into this, I, I've tested uh, not Deer Oaks, but our, our own organization's uh, EAP program. And they really work with you to try to find uh, the right person, the right time, uh, and uh, really try to match you up with the services that you need. And uh, and again, it's all entirely confidential. There are emergency services. So if someone's in crisis, um, they, they can get you connected al- almost immediately. And um, and it's also for family members. I was really proud that TCMA took the step to to make it available for family members as well, because uh, you know you want to protect that privacy of your family. Sure. So, so how uh, Greg was talking a little bit a while ago about how he he did not take advantage of the EAP program at his, or he wouldn't take advantage of the EAP program at his own city because of open records requests and, and the fear that, that people would see that and it would end up in the public. How does this not, how, how does that not happen with Deer Oaks? Well, uh, because it's through uh, TCMA, um, it is not subject to the open records requests uh, that our uh, organizations would uh, be subject to. And, uh, uh, the, while it's a can be considered uh, a HIPAA information, the fact that you are participating is probably uh, not protected. At least that's the interpretation uh, I've heard from some city attorneys. And so there was a question there. And if there's a question of, about your personal information getting out there into the public realm, you're going to be less likely to take advantage of it. So Again, TCMA provides that safe space and and that protection. That's great. That's that's ingenious because um, but because Stacey, even though go go ahead go ahead. Sam, I'm sorry. sorry. Just one other thing though is that keep in mind what Cliff also reported on TCMA has the requirement that you're to spend at least an hour uh, a uh, two hours every two years or an hour a year to 
to have a visit or something along those lines. So the, the member can say, yeah, I'm keeping up with my membership re- right. requirements. Right. So it's, it's not just a, it's not something you're doing. Um, it's actually nobody's business why you're doing it. But if, if the question did come up, you could say, well, I'm, that's what I have to do. It's my job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. I I can see that a lot of thought and and effort went into that. Um, Were were those, were those considered, I'm sure those things were considered when you were, when you were making this decision about how to do this. Yes, when it was when it was brought up, and I'll give the credit to Jay Stokes, uh, our president. Uh, he he was the one that uh, presented it uh, to uh, the membership committee as, as a as an opportunity, and that was and it was entirely based on the fact that uh, some city managers were reluctant to utilize their own own internal uh, uh, programs. Well, that's great. What a what a wonderful thing that that TCMA is doing for their members and um, giving them this this opportunity and requirement actually, <laughs> actually actually helping them help themselves, um, which sometimes we we don't do, <laughs> any of us. <laughs> so that's great that TCMA is is being so proactive and helping. What are some other things that the organization is doing to support mental wellness and encourage it? Well, I think the regional meetings, uh, mm-hmm. TCMA is broken into regions and they have their own regional meetings. Uh, I was actually at region one and two uh, last week. Jay came up and spoke and this mental health question is becoming a topic at a lot of the regional meetings. And I think identifying it as we need to do this is also pushing it down to the regional meetings to where you are talking more about the issues, maybe not your specific mental health, but the topic is being discussed and the negative connotation is going away. Do you think that having this program in place for TCMA members who are mostly city managers or deputy city managers, um, having this program in place for them so that you all can can be more mentally well and take that kind of take that stigma away or start to take that stigma away. Do you think that that makes city managers and assistant city managers a little more likely to accept and tolerate and encourage um, mental wellness among their own employees? I I definitely think so, and uh, I'm I'm kind of the opposite of, uh, of of some of the concerns that are out there. Uh, when um, we had some issues in our organization, that's how I really got started on on the topic. We had a employee um, uh, die by suicide, and uh, we, as an organization, did not respond very well. And um, I was very disappointed in our response, and so I took it a on to try to figure out what more could we have done and make sure that we are we are there for our employees. And so I've been trying to be more verbal and I've tried to push that upon our leadership and our organization is to verbalize uh, the issue. Uh, and it's a conversation that we are having constantly with our uh, employee meetings, our um, on our newsletters and anything that we that we put out. And I haven't uh, been shy about sharing my own experience with uh, some some issues that I had uh, due when we had a, lost a police officer and um, seeking help to understand my reaction to certain situations. So I've been upfront about it, and um, I'm, I'm I'm not too concerned with uh, what that public uh, perception looks like. Um, but I understand. Uh, like in, in Greg's case, that there are certain situations. I guess I'm very fortunate in the organization that I'm in and the community that I'm in that there is support for it and uh, and empathy for that. And but it's not always there. And so I think it's very important for us as city managers and senior advisors to be there as resources with our network um, at ICMA last week. There was a session that AC was. Uh, a leader in. And um, really, it's uh, you have people who have no place else to open up and share their concerns, except with other city managers. No one else gets what we do. And having that safe place to share a concern and reach out and find out uh, what's the best way to 
uh, respond or just have somebody listen that can sit there and say, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're feeling. Stacy, if I might, um, I, I want to underscore what Cliff, one part of what Cliff said. Um, he went out there and he's talked with his folks about how he was dealing with his own issues and getting help. I can't think of too many things that are any more powerful than that in so many ways. But in his organization, he was telling him, his organization by his own words, his own actions, what he thinks about it and sets a different expectation about, well, then it's okay. It's okay. And that is what what is a point about a, a, a number of these things is that we can try to design different stuff, but it's only those kinds of actions that change culture, that change how people will be fear, fearful or not. And we're all setting the example one way or the other. Cliff chose that way that I think is so powerful and so helpful and so healthy. When we don't do that, we send a different message. Sure. And employees, I mean, they're going to have different stresses than a city manager does, but anyone who's in public service certainly has their share of of things that make them anxious and things that could make you very easily mentally unwell. Um, and so I think I think when you set a good example, um, just by just by making it clear that you want people to take advantage of their EAP, for example, um, I think that that you are leading from the top down and telling people that that this is what you expect. You want them to take care of their mental wellness and their mental health um, just as much as you want them to take care of the city <laughs> itself. Right. Exactly. That's great. Well, well, TCMA has done a stellar job of, of helping their members to, to be more mentally, mentally well and mentally healthy. Um, do you have any, any suggestions for people who are listening who, um, I, I know that they can take advantage of the, of the Dear Oaks program, but are there other resources that they can take advantage of as well um, with TCMA or just in their own spheres that they should, they should be aware of? I think a lot of uh, our insurance uh policies have some mental health component to them already. People are just not taking advantage of them for some of the issues that stigma, uh, you know, ego, et cetera. Um, nor is there the requirement that we have from the organization itself, making it something that they ought to be doing in order to be at the be at their very best. But there, there's really I'm not, there is a resource issue. I mean, the, the counselor community is getting overrun because this is not just a city manager phenomenon. It's throughout the, our population, but there's a number of other uh, vendors that are now getting into trying to make this uh, more available virtually and, and, and the like. And, and I think working with your insurance providers as uh, from the city, you can, they have uh, access to um, a number of those kinds of resources. And if they don't, that's then a question. I think you, you, as a city manager, you could be, or your HR directors, you, you're not into this. What's, what's your problem? Um, so you can both be seeking and getting resources from them and, or pushing to make, make sure that they have them. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, I, I think that we've had a really great conversation, and I'm I'm really proud of TCMA for the for the work that they've done and the the wonderful resources that are available for the members. Like you said, AC, this is one of the only organizations that has gone this far and and made sure that that their members have the resources they need so that they can be mentally well. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we before we conclude today? Uh, I think Greg had, has a unique perspective on it and what, what the impact was. And Greg, I don't know if you if you can kind of summarize that in the closing, but I think, uh, you know, what, uh, what was missing and, uh, you know, what is what we're doing the, the right direction. Can you, yeah, I, I'll be that's, that's how I would close out any, this conversation. I'll, I'll be glad to, uh, I think, what Cliff is referring to is I actually lost my wife um, last year to COVID in the middle of all of it. And 
me holding everything in and trying to be the strong person uh, caused a lot of problems for me mentally. And so not having those resources or not willing to use the resources um, absolutely had a negative impact uh, on the organization I was running as well as me personally. And so um, where we all have uh, dealt with the losses of employees, loved ones and family, this is really personal to me um, because of the fact that I did not take advantage of the support um, because I, I didn't want to. I did not think it was appropriate for the city manager to be going in through uh, the employee assistance program. I now can look at it and say I was wrong. And so just all of Cliff's work and AC's work and Jay and all of the board uh, for TCMA, they've now made this a priority. And if this would have been a priority a couple of years ago, um, I would be in a different place than I am today. And so while I'm thrilled that this is here, um, we've got to get it out to all the employees and help our employees and help our fellow city managers to realize that mental health wellness is critical. Greg, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I, I really appreciate you you sharing your story with us and, and, and your insight into why this is such an important thing. So thank well, you. And I appreciate Cliff and AC's um, leadership and the rest of the board to bring this to the forefront because I didn't. And so well, it, it, it takes the, the right people at the right time to make this happen. And I, I truly appreciate what AC and Cliff has done, as well as all of the TCMA board members that made this possible. Congratulations to all three of you um, for, for bringing this issue to light and for, for making it an important thing, important enough that it's a requirement for TCMA members. So, so well done to all of you. I hope that this brings a lot of peace and a lot of um, comfort to people who didn't feel like they had it before. Our thanks to our guests, A.C. Gonzalez, Cliff Kahili, and Greg Smith. To learn more about the TCMA Mental Wellness Program with Deer Oaks and other resources available to TCMA members, please visit us online at tcma.org and look under the Benefits and Resources menu. Perspectives is brought to you by the Texas City Management Association, or TCMA. Our podcast is written and produced by me, Stacy Ford Osborne. You can learn more about TCMA online at tcma.org, and you can make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Stacey Ford Osborne. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to bringing you a new episode soon. Bye.